You're listening to The Acoustic Sunset, a weekly podcast bringing you live music, storytelling, and street-side interviews, all brought to you by Putnam's Pub and Cooker at 419 Myrtle Avenue in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Carl Banks, and each week we bring you a couple special guests. Uh, This week we're going to hear from Rachel Lynn and Pete Ayers, so please sit back and enjoy the show. All right, this is episode number 24. Yeah, we're almost to the quarter century mark. It's going to be a big deal here when we get when we get to that point, but we're not there yet, so easy, easy, folks. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Carl. I'm your host. Uh, if you're a new listener, this podcast is centered around a live performance that happens at Putnam's Pub and Cooker in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. Um, we pick out some highlights from that show. We get together the following week and put them together into this little podcast and I do some storytelling and some shameless self-promotion. Let me get to that first. Um, May 17th at midnight, uh, it's a Tuesday night at midnight, I'm playing at Rockwood Music Hall on stage one. Um, if If you're in New York or if you're in a surrounding area, come to the show. If you need a place to crash, get a hotel room or something, but uh, come to the show. I would really appreciate it, and I need uh, I need some people there. Um, second thing, the email address for this podcast, Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at Gmail. Um, I would love to hear from you, Putnam's Acoustic Sunset. One long word, and uh, I monitor that email every day. And uh, the third plug, Putnam's, Sunday night, 8 p.m., please come to that. We need more people to be coming. Um, we've been hearing, I think last night we heard from one of our first oh, yeah, regular yeah, mm-hmm. podcast listeners. So um, if you're hearing this and you come to Putnam's, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's uh, been going really good, so things are rocking and rolling. This episode you're going to really enjoy. Um, we have Rachel Lynn. Uh, she's going to be playing and her um, accompanist is um, Stoddard Blackall, and Stoddard has a podcast himself. His is called The Stodcast, S-T-O-D cast, and his is uh, based around sort of musical improvisation and stuff, so um, check that out, and um, he's playing with Rachel Lynn. And then we have uh, Pete Ayers, who is an old St. Louis friend of mine, and um, a really, really, really great performer and singer, and pretty good Pretty darn good guitar player, too. You're going to hear him play. And uh, I just can't emphasize enough how much I, I dig his music. And then we're going to get to uh, a song of mine called John Brown's Raid. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that, too. Um, but this podcast, I usually start out with a story. And I wanted to tell you about this one time. Um, I don't talk about this all that much. Uh, I used to work at this summer camp down in the Florida Keys. And it's sort of, um, I've talked about it a little bit, but there's a ton, a ton, a ton of stories and stuff that come from that. But um, I, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm not supposed to <laughs> talk about all that stuff because, um, you know, some stories are just better left not told <laughs> in a public forum, you know. Um, not that anything that bad happened, I just... You know, it's like a, it was a it was a nice camp, and I don't want to give people the wrong impression of you know we took it very seriously and we affected a lot of lives positively. So, uh, but what that having said that, I'm going to tell you a little story, and this was about something that happened on our day off. And um, no, strike that. I'm going to tell a different story. 
I'm calling an audible. I want to tell you about a story of um, when I got caught. I just got I got caught one time. Okay, so uh, I I worked at this summer camp and we did a lot of fishing. And if you do um, fishing, you know that um, fishing kind of makes a liar out of you. It makes you a good storyteller. But uh, as the years go by, the fish get a little bit bigger, you know, and and things like that. So um, it may, but like I said, it's it, it always you always you always come back from a fishing trip with a <laughs> with a good story, and usually you're out on the water, so um, there's not a lot of people to verify what happened. However, this story I'm going to tell you is 100% true and no exaggeration. I even have some photos to prove it. So I was working at this camp, and we would spend a day offshore fishing. And um, this is the story about how I got caught. Uh, there was this captain that was, it was his first day on the job. And the only thing he had done in the Keys with his captain's license before this was run a parasailing boat, um, which doesn't require all that much um, captain skills. So uh, they knew it was his first day on the job. So my boss kind of sends a, a note out to me and he's like, hey, you go with this guy because I was the most seasoned of all of the... Uh, mates, because I was working as a mate at the time, uh, I was the most seasoned. So he was like, we'll, we'll pair them up together. So I get on the boat. I'm with my crew. I have eight or six kids, two adults, and we all get on the boat. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? I'm Carl. Uh, I know you don't uh, really know how to go, how to fish all that well. I do know. Um, I'm like, just drive south, not drive, but just head south, and I'll rig up all the fishing lines. And, you know, because the way the keys work, uh, you have about seven miles offshore, you have the reef line, and then past that you have deep water um, that just continuously gets deeper for a while until you hit to this thing called the wall. And so you're basically, you just cruise around on a boat until you find something floating in the water, and then you fish at that because that produces fish. And I'll get to that in a second. So I just tell them, you know, head south, just keep your eyes peeled for, uh, you know, debris in the water. <laughs> and he's like, okay, which way is south? And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is not going to be a good day. I should have known just right there. I'm like, okay, there's this big compass right on the captain's helm. The S, just head <laughs> towards the S. So he takes off and I'm rigging up all the lines. And like I was saying, you you basically just look for debris in the water. So it, even if it's trash, if it's like an old pallet or something that has fallen off, little things start to grow on that. Little fish and crabs and shrimp and stuff eat that little fish eat those, bigger fish eat those, bigger fish eat those, bigger fish eat those. What happens also is that when the fish are pushing, uh, are eating all the smaller fish, that pushes stuff to jump out of the water, and then birds come down, and they pick off the little shrimp and the little crabs and stuff, um, and fish. So what you're doing is you're looking for debris in the water, and then you look on the horizon for birds diving down, because that means that there's, there's fish there. And we're dry, we're cruising along, and I see it. I see some birds. I'm like, okay, man, there's birds over there. Head, you know, head towards there. I get the lines already, and we cruise over, and it's this uh, weed line, which is just this sargassum weed that uh, it all kind of like collects together, and then it creates its own little ecosystem. Things live in it. It has these little floaty balls. That anyway, um, we go, and I can see that it's they're like schooly dolphin mahi, not dolphin mammals, dolphin fish mahi mahi. Um, I can see they're, they're the little guys, so what the way you fish those is that you cast out some, some bait. The one will grab 
on you leave that one in the water and then the whole school stays by your boat and then as soon as you as quickly as you can cast out catch another one you leave that one in the water pick the first one out and you do that over and over again and that's what's called the bite and then when the bite is on you're catching them as as quickly as you can and then eventually it turned the bite turns off but in that moment it's a really fun and intense way of fishing because it's really just like as quickly as you can cast out catch a fish pull it in you know you're catching catching them that quick so i know it's a schoolie or it's a school of little do- of little dolphins so i'm like all right we're gonna do this so um i cast out and I'm, i tell the captain you know you can just turn off the motor because we can just sit there and fish as long as there's one fish in the water the school will stay around he doesn't pay any attention to what I tell him. He leaves the boat slowly idling forward. So I take the first line, I cast it out. I give it to a kid. I take the second line, I cast it out. The first kid, his line just goes right back and around the propeller of the boat. And I'm like, fuck. You know, so now it's like, stop, turn the motor off. I have to get out. I, I'm like, I'm like in the water and I'm unraveling the fishing line around this propeller. And, you know, it's just like completely ruined the bite. It's not going to happen now. And I'm like taking it off. And then in this moment, uh, the, the, a wave kind of pulls the boat up and I kind of sink down in a wave. And this hook from the rig, from the fishing rig, just goes right into the webbing of my thumb. Like that stretchy part of your thumb in between your forefinger and your thumb. Just like kunk, right into there. And I'm like, fuck it. I mean, it hurt, but it didn't even hurt that bad. I just knew it was gonna be a big deal you know so I like cut all the fishing line off and all the everybody's really excited still and I'm like hold on we got to take care of this so I go over to the captain and the way this works is that a fishing uh, fishing hook has a barb on it so you can't pull it back the way that it went into your hand you have to push it through and to where the barb comes off then you have to cut the barb off and then you pull the hook through sans barb okay so I go over to the captain and he had told me that he had been out drinking all night too so um He's like pale, you know, and I'm like, all right, man, look. And it, like I said, the hook was in the stretchy part of my hand, so I couldn't push the barb through because it was like turning white and just like pulling. So um, it wouldn't poke through. So I'm like, man, you got to push down on my skin so the, par- the barb will pop through. And he goes, okay, and he, he just goes to touch my hand. He's like, I can't do it. And he runs over and he starts getting sick over the side of the boat. Now, one of the adults that was with me was this big, uh, he's like this big North Midwestern Irish red-haired guy. He's just a construction worker, big guy. And I'm like, hey, man, come here. I was like, I need you to push down on my skin, you know. Figure he's probably seen some nails through a finger and stuff, you know, before. So I, I'm like, I need you to push down on the skin. And all these kids... You, and I say kids, they're like 13 to 17. And uh, they're all looking around and I'm like, guys, just so you know, I might cuss here. And he looks over to the whole group of kids and he goes, go to the bow of the boat, boys. And they all go to the bow of the boat. And I'm just like, motherfucker. And he like pushes it through. We pop it through and we cut it off. And I pull the bar back through. And one of the kids had a little disposable camera. He took a photo of me with the hook sticking out of my hand. So I rip off my shirt. I wrap it around my hand. We cruise back over to the sargasm weed and cast out the lines again and then start catching fish. And we ended up having this really great fishing day. I caught a bunch of fish and I had like this, you know, it, it didn't bleed all that much surprisingly, but I had my shirt wrapped around my hand and I was totally, you know, totally fine. We did some first aid on it and stuff. And we get back and uh, that captain, I forget his name, never returned to work there again he just was like that i've had enough i don't ever want to ever want to do that i remember 
everybody had, you always had like a pair of needle nose pliers and a fillet knife. That was like the things you had to have. He came with um, some nail clippers. That was his like tool he was going <laughs> to use. And it's like, dude, we're catching, we're catching some big fish here. I don't know if the <laughs> nail clippers is going to be all that effective. So either way, he didn't work there very much longer. And my hand is totally functional. So go to the bow of the boat, boys. <laughs> I'll never forget that. All right, so we're going to get to um, the live music portion of the podcast. And the first person we're going to hear from is uh, Rachel Lynn. Um, you can check her out. Rachel Lynn Sings, I think, is all of her. She says all of her handles uh, on um, all social media and stuff. And playing with her is um, Stoddard Blackalm. And he's playing keys and she's singing. And um, I just uh, want to let you know they did a wonderful job. And they sounded great last night um, because we're doing this on Monday. And um, still fresh in my head, and they really kill it. So, this is Rachel Lynn. Enjoy. Can't you see it's better? Can't you see it's better? Oh, I'm 
Okay, we're here with Rachel Lynn. Rachel Lynn Sings, is that, the, is that your website? Is that, that okay, so that's the handle. Okay. Yes, that's also the website. Rachel Lynn Sings is pretty much every way you can find me <laughs> on the internet. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I have the problem, I'm Carl Banks, and there was a New York giant uh, linebacker named Carl Banks. So he gets like every Google hit. So everybody, I'm like, or even yeah. like Carlton Banks. Yes, that's <laughs> that's that like the first one? thing most people. Think. <laughs> What's funny is when that show was on the air, nobody ever mentioned it to me. And right. now that it's like nostalgic, <laughs> people always bring it up. <laughs> but uh, awesome. you did a wonderful job tonight. Thank so you thanks so for much. thanks for performing. It was yeah, great. It was wonderful. Um, was there a song that uh, felt good that we could maybe use on the podcast? Mm-hmm. What about the last one? Uh, the uh, Seeing Red. Yeah, Seeing Red is the latest single. Let's talk it's about that. It's always a good one to use. So uh, how do you decide on that to be the single? Um, for me, you know, I think I write in bursts and of the the burst that came <laughs> most recent maybe to wanting to put out some new material, I felt that that was a song that I really, really connected with. Uh-huh. Um, it's funny, it's actually about my relationship and uh, journey through the animal rights movement. Okay. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I think as musicians we write so many love songs that have to do with uh, people mm-hmm. and how we feel about them. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because performing that song, it's like some of the most real emotion I've ever elicited and it's not about about a love relationship um, which is really really cool and and really interesting and it almost feels like writing a little more like politically or like in a in a social movement sense was new to me and weird but like spoke to me and felt awesome and yeah, it was a great opportunity too to to take all the proceeds of sales of the single and donate to an organization that works in the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really wonderful. We're teaming up with Mercy for Animals for that. Okay, so, and you said yeah. all of the money goes. All to... the money. Uh, I think it's about a dollar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find it on iTunes and Amazon and Bandcamp and um, and all that. And it's uh, yeah, it's all going to Mercy for Animals. That's great. And then. Um, that's the single, and then what's the name of your project, or was there an so album? So that's a called? single of itself. Okay. The last EP I put out is called um, To Street and Transfer, and that was, I believe, like November of 2014. Okay. Um, and I Where'd you get the name for that title? In the subway? In the subway, <laughs> Written man. on the walls? I did, and it was funny because I kind of, not to be sappy about it or whatever, but how metaphorical is that? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I was like, wow, pathways and like transitions and... Yeah, totally. Yeah, all that. And it just, I think um, I was, you know, not living right in that area, but um, but in and out of the, the Williamsburg, the Greenpoint, the whatever uh-huh. kind of areas and... And just one day just saw that and was like, whoa, that's <laughs> definitely got to be something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so uh, that's your project. People can find that on iTunes? People can find that on iTunes, Amazon, all that stuff, Spotify. You can find everything, too. Um, yeah, with uh, with a few of the songs from the EP and uh, for Seeing Red, there are videos on YouTube as well. Okay, the cool. Seeing Red video actually is an interesting story. It's a lyric video. Um, it uses visual art that was made by all vegan artists, and oh, okay. the person who made the video was vegan as well. I'm a big old vegan. Yeah. So it really felt like this community project for the movement, and uh-huh. that was really, really that cool. D- that dog's 
probably not vegan, but he doesn't <laughs> condone humans eating animals. There you go. Cool. So yeah. do you have any shows coming up in, in, that you want to maybe plug in New York? Um, yeah, so I think the next thing coming up right now, I mean, I'm always down for semi-last-minute bookings, uh -huh. right? Enough time to kind of get the word out. But right now I've lined up um, June 11th at the Metropolitan Room. Oh, okay. Um, Where's that? I'm, not, I'm unfamiliar with that. Is that in Williamsburg? It's in the city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so teaming up there for uh, the mother tour with uh, Francesco Palladino. Uh, he's a comedian, okay. and it's going to be amazing. So it's com comedy and music? Like you're providing music, he's comedy? Is that tough? Yes, okay. kind of making it a bit of a variety show. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's exciting. Well, check that out, and then check you out online. Well, you sounded great tonight, and Thank you I so appreciate much. it. And hopefully we'll have you back sometime. Yeah, I would love that. All right, thanks Thank a lot, Thank you. Richard. Oh, wait, and let's just talk about Stoddard, who played with yes. you. Yes. Stoddard Blackall I had on keys tonight. He's yeah. amazing. He's a wonderful musician, and we've been playing together for five years, maybe. Um, he's on all the recordings that okay. I have. He's That's the what key I was player. Wondering. Yeah, um, he actually has his own podcast going on right now called, called the Stodcast. That's which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. And I actually teamed up with him for that, where oh, we okay. performed Seeing Red and talked a little bit about what's going on with that. Um, so that'll be coming out soon too. So oh, yeah, yeah, he's doing great. All right, well yeah. that's awesome. Well, thanks, Stoddard. He's not here right now, so <laughs> shout out to you shout if you hear this Stoddard. in audio land. And thanks, Rachel. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, Rachel. Um, she's she's a good good one she's a great performer so i'm glad to have you part of the um part of the show she did a wonderful job brought friends out um which is what we really need so again putnam's 8 p.m every sunday come please come why not what are you doing on sunday we're just paul and i were just talking about how people don't like to leave their neighborhood on sunday it's like everybody leaves their neighborhood on friday and saturday leave it on sunday too it's cool it's totally fine okay anyway next performer that we're going to hear from is a good friend of mine you've heard him on here the podcast before um pete ayers and he has um his band they play all over new york he talks about he's going to be touring uh later on in um uh, in the year so that's the pete ayers band um but this is him trying out some new songs trying out some cover songs in this particular set um and he's just man he's a great great singer and a really great guitar player too really services the song with uh his his guitar and he's playing his old Alvarez guitar, which I have a soft spot in my heart for the Alvarez guitar. So uh, we're going to hear from Pete Ayers right now. I could have taken a plane I spent the night on a lonely train As long as it ends the same We're coming on to you, 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 you Never mattered the miles where you are in the world. Cause I'm addicted to your smile. Yes, I'm in love with you, girl. Yeah. Come rain or come shine. 
Well, our love will grow. No, 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 no. You never need it to doubt. Oh, cause you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know that I love you, that I need you. Spend my days finding ways in which to please you. Yes, I love you. Oh, what I need it, baby, it's true. And if I'm not in home, well, it won't belong till I see you. Till I see, baby, you. Keep thinking I get enough for your love, yeah. So sure that I get my fair But it's just never enough, yeah Cause your love is such a thrill Well, come rain or come shine But our love will grow No, 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 no You never needed the doubt Spend my days finding ways and ways to please you. Well, I love you. Oh, what I need it, baby, it's true. And if I'm not at home, well, it won't be long till I see you. Okay, we're here with Pete Ayers. Just finished your set at the Acoustic Sunset. How do you feel? I'm good, man. Okay, Thanks for good. having me, Carl. My pleasure. Uh, you do a wonderful job. And, Thanks. Uh, you kind of kind of filled in last minute, so yeah. big thanks on that. You saved my butt a little bit. Of course. Um, I, what was the last song that you played? It's called "Till I See You." It's I a love song that, that song. I wrote. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that for my album uh, that I released last year. Um, yeah, it's a great little tune. This is kind of my first uh, gig playing out on the guitar. Normally, I play on 
piano, so this was a little nerve-wracking for me. <laughs> so I appreciate you know you being okay with some sloppiness. No, it sounded it sounded really great. Thanks, man. Let's talk about the guitar for a second because yeah. you're playing. I noticed it's an Alvarez. Yeah. My first guitar was an Alvarez, and yeah. I was talking about how it's a a St. Louis company, right? And that's um how uh, that's how we know each other yeah. is the uh, through St. Louis so uh, this was your dad's guitar one time yeah yeah it was my dad's guitar during like the 70s and um, yeah he gave it to me a while ago and I didn't really think much of it it's great for like songwriting and stuff but mm -hmm. I never really played it out so yeah, yeah. this is kind of all I have so I'm just kind of making the most <laughs> of it you know well that's cool did you, uh, you predominantly a keys player yeah exactly so uh, which one did you gravitate you first did you play guitar first? Yeah. Oh, okay. I played p I played piano when I was littler but when high school when I started writing songs uh, I played guitar actually oh yeah and then when I went to college I picked up piano again and then I just kind of converted everything that I wrote on guitar on piano right so it just made it easier I right. guess yeah. yeah I know limited piano but it's all from guitar you know yeah. I could read the guitar tabs on a piece of sheet music yeah. and then play that on the piano. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah, man, and I, I just love the way the guitar sounds. I've always loved the intimacy of it. Mm -hmm. And I love, um, I love for me, since I, I only know so much about the guitar, it limits me to what I can do. Right. So that way I kind of write songs that are a little bit more like, you know, shorter or simpler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a second. Yeah. Let's let this thing pass. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, let's talk for a second about that last song. I forgot the name of it again. Till I see you. Till I see you. Yeah. Um, for a song specifically like that, do you come up with melody first, or do you write uh, chords or idea for the song? Yeah, that's a that's a tough thing. I get asked that. I'm sure you get asked that a lot mm -hmm. too. Um, I ask that to a lot of people. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm always curious because it happens for me every way. You know. Yeah, I, mean? I agree. I, I feel like that's the same same situation for me. Like mm -hmm. it. I just kind of, sometimes it's like I come up with chords first and I'm just kind of sitting at the piano or at the guitar and playing through chords and then I'll hear a melody and kind of just hum it and then, mm -hmm. you know, start putting words to it. Um, or it's, I'll hear a melody and then I'll just put chords to it. Very rarely do I have words yeah. first and then apply them to a song because I feel like that kind of puts me in a box yeah you yeah. know like that, that's kind of hard but uh -huh. some people do that some i know i don't know how poets and people do that right well i i carry a little moleskin with me and i write right. rhymes yeah and so i've had a few songs that have come from like, lyrics yeah i write poem like I, I think it's just a poem and then i i kind of convert it to a right. song pretty yeah easily but. I wish I could do that. That seems like so much more like artistic. Like you're like <laughs> sitting in the park writing poems right. and you make a song out of it. Like that's that's cool. Yeah, but I, very rarely does that happen for me. Yeah, I carry the notebook around and let's see <laughs> if I ever write in it. You know, right, like exactly. Sometimes it seems like every like you hear another person's conversation and it gives you inspiration to write something. And yeah. then sometimes it's like I can't think of anything. But yeah, you I got, agree. You just got to keep trying. You exactly. Know? You got to write all the time. Do you write a lot? Yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, you that's know? good. I've, I've sort of been this, seems like this year, the, this first five months of this year, I've been more um, getting back into, for years it was predominantly learning songs, mm -hmm. you know, that I spent most of my time on. Yeah. And I've been kind of doing that, learning some, uh, some working on guitar again, kind of investing time in that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's great. I have a lot of songs that I need to put in an album, and so yeah, it's hard. I, they're like accumulating, and so right. I need to figure out what I'm oh, doing. Oh man, with all that. yeah, you definitely gotta do that. Do you not have a record? Out? No, I have one. Okay. I just these ones, um, the new ones I'm thinking about, like um, 
I want to do them live I, oh, cool. because there was some storytelling stuff along with it yeah. so I want to do it for a live group so I'm sort of trying to put together a live show awesome but that's uh, exciting yeah cool. <laughs> it's been in the works for a while so great we'll see. Man. Got, hopefully great. soon um, so uh, do you have a, a show coming up that you want to plug do you have anything coming uh, up with the band no not really I have okay. a tour that I'm doing in August oh, okay. um, I'm going to have you? a couple of shows in New York that I'll be doing um, I haven't I haven't I haven't gotten a solid date on them yet, but in the next right. couple months, I'll have a couple of shows. Well, where are you going in August? Uh, August, East I'm Coast going to, yeah, East Coast. So I'll be going to a couple of places in uh, Connecticut, like New Haven, um, oh, and then also Providence, Rhode Island, Boston, um, Portland, Maine, um, Burlington, Vermont, and uh, Montreal. That's awesome. Yeah. Montreal. Yeah, it'll yeah, be cool. Great. Is yeah. it a festival or are you just... Uh, I've, I've submitted a bunch of stuff to festivals. We'll see if they yeah. come about. With the sonic bid. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough thing. And I'm pretty sure you have to sign up for those things like way in advance. But yeah. there's smaller things that in smaller communities that they, they uh, accept like applications for that stuff. Right. Do you do all this stuff independent or do you have some This management? is all independent. Okay. Yeah. No, no management. At least not for now. Yeah, me but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> just the cold do. calls yeah I know. yeah it's tough what's well, so tough is the rejection too right you know it's yeah. like i was i'm going to nashville next week and oh, i reached cool. out to the basement and they were like we're gonna pass and i'm just like god yeah. just take me man yeah, exactly it's give me a chance play, you know i play every night of the week yeah but uh but either way well thanks for talking man thanks, and thanks for coming to play tonight of I course really appreciate dude. it yeah always and always okay Oh, thanks a lot, Pete. Um, he's really good, isn't he, guys? I appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for performing. Um, and hopefully we'll hear from him again sometime. Um, the last little portion of this, we're going to do another uh, one of my songs, which has become kind of a little routine the past couple weeks. Um, this one is a song, um, John Brown's Raid is the name of the song. And I just remember when I was in, like, seventh grade and we were learning about, like, I don't 19th century, I'm sorry, yeah, 19th century American history, and I remember John Brown. I remember that name because it was like, it was a very simple name, <laughs> you know? It's like, all these names you had to remember were always like all these crazy words, you know? And John Brown, just very simple, and it just stuck with me for a long time. And then as I started becoming a folk singer and, and into folk music, I started realizing that John Brown was a... He was a folk hero, and he was a um, a common um, a common muse for a lot of different types of art. There's certainly a lot of paintings depicting him. Um, there's a lot of songs. The what would eventually become the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Before that was a song, John Brown's Body, and is one of those interesting folk heroes that um, what he did was really impressive. And um, some people call it crazy. I don't particularly think it was all that crazy, but he was an abolitionist and he wanted to start a slave revolt. And so he and a couple of his sons and a couple men went down and they overthrew uh, or they took over this um, armory at Harper's Ferry. And then eventually the um, Marines came in and took most of them out. They, he survived it, but he was pretty, pretty badly injured. And then he was hanged um, a month or two later uh, because of it. Um, when he died, his death becomes a rally cry for the North and for 
people involved in the anti-slavery abolitionist movement. So it's, it's a common theme amongst folk characters that their death becomes bigger than what they actually did. They become larger than life because of their death. Same thing with Joe Hill, um, who was an, another union organizer and folk hero. It was his death that projected him into um, to the halls of history or whatever. So um, I always had this idea bouncing around in my head about John Brown, and I always liked the story. I always thought it was very interesting. And then I got this little riff one time, and the words started um, started flowing, and I started writing this so- this song, John Brown, John Brown's Raid. And uh, I I heard this thing about a comb recently that a comb is a, just a hair organizer, <laughs> and I feel like um, writers and poets and songwriters are really just word organizers because all I did with this song is sort of I editorialized a little bit, but mostly I just took um, what happened in the story organize the words around to where it would fit in meter and in rhyme in the song and got John Brown's Raid. So I love this song and I hope you like it too. This is John Brown's Raid. Could it be? 
nothing but the blood on the hands of you and me. John Brown's trying to end that slavery. It's time we took a stand for what is right. If it's what they want, we'll give them a fight. Loading up on pistols and pikes. Watch old John Brown die Walking to the gallows He's kissing babies of his admirers A noose around his neck His body did expire But his soul goes marching Higher and higher A noose around his neck His body did expire But John Brown's soul's marching Higher and higher March on John Cause it's time we took a stand For what is right if it's what they want, we'll give them a fight Loading up on pistols and pikes Alright, thanks for listening. That was John Brown's Raid. Um, Feel free to use that in your history class if you're um, if you want to. I think my friend Jason told me he used he used it in his. So <laughs> maybe someday I'll write up a a lesson plan on what some of that stuff is about. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. This is our twenty fourth episode, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. We got twenty four of them under the belt. Only can do it is if the only way we can do it is if you listen. And you take an interest. So thanks again for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, Carl Banks, if you need to get a hold of me, Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at Gmail. Uh, other than that, I'll be signing off. Have a good night. Peace, love, and rock and roll.